And so this is 2 Kings chapter 4. It'll be on the screen for you if you don't have a Bible. If you do, you can follow along. She said to her husband, oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will say, then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. One day, Elisha returned. Now, this is who this man of God is that she's talking about. One day, Elisha returned to Shunem and he went up to the upper room to rest, that room that she built him. He said to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to, I want to talk to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No. (laughs) What can we do for you? Nothing. I'm blessed. Praise God. Glory to God. How are you doing? Wonderful. Just, man, the Lord is just so good. Praise God. Glory to God. What can we do for you? Nothing. My family takes care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what was up with that? What can we do for her? What? Why does she need? She don't need anything. Gehazi replied, well, she doesn't have a son. And her husband is an old man. Call her back in again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, now this is all happening in the room. It's all happening in the room. This is all happening in the room. Elisha said to her, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. Verse 17, but sure enough, the woman became pregnant. At the time of the following year, she had a son just as Elisha said. The child grew up, and now it happened one day that he went out with his father to the reapers. They went out to work in the fields. And he said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to a servant, this is so, this is so husband and wife right here. Carry him to his mother. (laughs) Mom, help. When he had taken him, brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. She went up. Notice, notice where she went back to. Notice where she went back to. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Shut the door and went out. And she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men, one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God. I love this. And come back. <laughs> and come back. It's... it's, it's it's not going to end this way. I'm, I'm coming back. I want to preach from the subject, the miracle room. The miracle room. The miracle room. The miracle room. Look at your neighbor, uh, the sister, whoever, you, whoever you're sitting by. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. But just tell them, I'm building a miracle room. Can you tell them that? I'm building. I'm building a miracle room. Look at one more person, one more person. Just tell them, I have a miracle room. I have, I have, I have a miracle room. Let's pray. So Father, in these moments, we, we want to learn from this woman from Shunem. We want to learn from this Shunemite woman that maybe there's some things she did that we can do that can change everything about our life. Holy Spirit, speak. We're, we're listening. We're leaning in. We're letting go of every distraction and everything that would 
discourage and take away from this moment. We believe for a word now, a word that would change our life, a word that would change our families, a word that would change our future. We are, um, we are expecting to leave this room in 30 minutes different than right now because we're about to get a word. We know one word from God can change everything. And we believe that you're going to speak now. We're listening and we're ready to receive in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. And amen and amen. Thank you, Andre. Have you ever been in a room with this many women? <laughs> this guy's single, ladies. Come on, how much money do you make a year? No, just kidding. But he is a doctor. But he is a doctor. It is a... But he is a doctor. Where are you going to go? Just run, run. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. He's got to go through the back. <laughs> Dr. Andre, ladies. Uh... The miracle room. <laughs> yeah, there's a miracle happening right there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a few observations from the text uh, that are amazing to me that I think are life-changing. And, and the first is this. Excuse me for giving you points on a Wednesday night, but I just got to share it like I see it. And the first thing that I love about this woman is she initiated the move of God. She initiated it. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is her husband didn't. She did. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where he was, and I don't know why he wasn't more involved in the process, and I don't know why he didn't see this as an opportunity. I don't know why he didn't care. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure why, uh, but for whatever reason, this woman uh, had to initiate a move of God in her family. Um, I just want to tell somebody that it was her idea, it was her desire, and it was her burden. And for whatever reason, she had to set the tone. She had to set the spiritual atmosphere of her family. I, I wish it would have been the husband. But it was her. And I find that in so many relationships... It's on you. And I, and I wish she prayed more, and I wish she spoke in tongues more, and I wish she would lay hands on the kids every once in a while. And, 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 and you know, and I think you all have a vision for your husband to do those things, and, and I think that's awesome to believe God for that. But while, while husband is on a journey, don't let that discourage you from setting a tone for your family. That can change everything about what is to come for the next generation. I want to say it like, and I'm a, and I'm a guy and I'm not picking on guys. I just want to tell you though, you're, you're not held hostage and your children are not held hostage to an unbelieving husband or a husband that does not pray or a husband that is not interested in God. Don't let the devil tell you, well, if I just had a more spiritual man, maybe we could get more. This text tells me that even though she wasn't in authority, she had influence. 
And the Bible says that the man is the head of the woman, but I found out that the woman is the neck. And y'all have a way of turning that thing wherever you want it to turn. I'm not telling you to be rebellious. I'm not telling you to try to take authority from your husband. I am telling you that God can hear your prayer, that you can set the tone, and that you don't have to sit in bed every night saying, I just wish my husband was more spiritual, and I wish he would do, and and I want you to wish for that. I want you to pray for that. But while you do, you can still set the tone. She said to her husband. And when he wasn't thinking about it or wanting it or, or dreaming about it, see, it wasn't, it wasn't the desire of, of him. It was the di- desire of her. And she set a tone that changed everything for the family. I just want you to know that even if you feel powerless, you're not powerless. That the prayers of a praying woman are mighty. They are powerful. And they can change everything. Just ask Hannah. When she prayed, things happened. When this woman prayed, things happened. When, when Ruth prayed, things happened. When Mary prayed, things happened. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. I'm telling you, God has a soft spot in his heart just for you. And where maybe nagging isn't going to work and maybe we're telling him again what you want isn't going to work. Sometimes you just have to set the spiritual tone and say, I am going to build a room for God. I'm going to build a miracle room within our house. And I I believe it's going to be a prayer room. It's going to be a war room. It's going to be a prophetic room. It's going to be a supernatural room. It's going to be a, it's going to be a word room and it's going to be a place where I can meet with God and connect with God. And while maybe my family is playing catch up and maybe my daughter is going crazy right now, maybe my teenage son isn't interested right now, I'm gonna make a miracle room and I'm gonna get the attention of God even if no one else in my house is interested. She didn't resent her husband. She didn't rebel against her husband. She stayed submitted to her husband and yet decided, I'm gonna set the tone. I'm gonna go to church. I'm going to make this a priority. We're going to do this. I'm going to bring the kids. We're going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to connect with God. Don't let the enemy discourage you just because maybe your your marriage or your... I know a lot of you are single in this room, that, that your life isn't exactly where you thought it would be. You can still build the room and set the spiritual tone while you're waiting on relationships to catch up. She initiated the move of God. And then I love this. She built a miracle room. I love this, that she tells her husband, I want, I want to build a room. I want us to build a room. And he, and he did it. And now they begin to build a room that was just waiting patiently for miracles and manifestation. I don't know about you, but I believe it's in the building of the room that faith grows down deep in our heart, brick by brick. Piece of wood by piece of wood, nail by nail, nail by nail, nail by nail. Screw by screw, brick by brick, concrete by concrete, mud by mud. She just built the room. She just kept building the room. She just, she just stayed faithful to build a space. 
I'm telling you, there's just something about faithfulness and little things, brick by brick by little by little, just every day, just every day, because you never know when the miracle is going to arrive and you never know when you're going to get the word. So you just keep building the space, the place. Friend, I'm not talk, I'm not Joanne Games right now, okay? I'm not telling you to build a, an addition to your house. I'm talking about you create a sacred space in your home where you go to the word and you begin to pray and you begin to talk to God and you begin to worship and, and you might have to do it before the kids wake up or you might have to do it after everyone goes to bed or you, or you might have to do it uh, when your roommates leave the house or, or you might, I don't know when you're gonna have to do this, but it's just every day you're building brick by brick. You're building a room for God. You're building a place where you're connecting with God and she, she builds this room. She builds a space and there was nothing really spectacular about it and there's nothing really spectacular about faithfulness. Huh. Until that faithfulness reaches maturity and then all of the sudden faithfulness turns into miracles and faithfulness turns into breakthrough and, and faithfulness turns into signs and wonders and faithfulness turns into the thing you've been believing God for. She was just faithful to build. The Bible says that a wise woman in the book of Proverbs builds her house with both of her hands. You just keep setting the tone of your home. You just keep setting the tone of your life. Well, Jamin, I'm, I'm single. You just keep setting the tone of your Instagram account. <laughs> like, who do you want to attract? Because if you keep dressing like that, you're only going to attract dogs. No man of God's going to look at that and go, man, I'd like to... You got to keep building because he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Finds a, how do you find a wife? Do you find a married woman and ask her to marry you? No, no, no. You become a wife before you get wifed. <laughs> you, you become that woman of God. You just keep building the room of faithfulness. You just keep staying steady. You just keep falling in love with Jesus. You just, you just keep building and you just... Keep building and you just, she made a place and she made a space and then one day, verse 11, I love, I love this phrase, one day. Her faithfulness over many days led to a one day. One day, Elisha showed up. <laughs> just, just never know when it's going to happen. But I've just been faithful, and I've just been building, and I've just been laying a foundation, and I've just been reading my Bible, and I've just been loving my friends, and I've just been, and I've just been faithful to my family, and I'm just, I'm just doing everything I know to do, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, and, then just, and then just one day, it just, boom, something happens. And, and in the Old Testament, they had prophets, but today we have Jesus. You, you never know that, that day that, that the presence of God is just going to invade your life. You never, you never know when you're going to have the God idea that's going to change everything about your finances. You never know, you never know the day that your child's going to come home. And 
and, and come back to the Lord. You never know the day that, that your marriage is going to start warming up again and, and you're going to start coming. In. You never know your one day. You, you can never plan a one day, so you live every day in faithfulness because, because you never know when a normal, just basic old day becomes a one day where huh, all of a sudden a knock on the door and there's Elisha. There's the answer to a prayer she isn't even praying yet. But she's just, she's just had a place ready. She's just had a place ready. And on a random day, he went to the room she built for him. Can I tell you, when you, when you build a room, the Holy Spirit will always beat you there. When you build a room, man, I feel Jesus. When you build a room, he will always beat you there. He will not just meet you there. He will beat you there. When, when you build a place of faithfulness to God, when you create sacred space, when you create holy ground, and you never know when that prayer is going to come out of your heart. You never know when that healing is going to happen. You never know when that vision is going to come to pass. You never know when, when your faith is going to finally rise to believe God so she just had a miracle room. And the prophet shows up. And as she built a room of faithfulness and she lived a life of expectation, kind of out of the blue, here comes the voice of God, the presence of God, the promises of God. She had a one day, and maybe, maybe today is your one day. Maybe this is it. Maybe this year is your one day. Maybe it's, maybe it's really time to really begin to enter into the promises of God like never before. Maybe you're really going to begin to see the land of the living like you never thought possible. I'm telling you, you never know. You never know when a normal day becomes a one day. You never know when, when, when a Monday becomes a one day. You never know when just a Thursday becomes a one day. You never know when just a normal day in church and, and it took every ounce of faith to get to church and bring your three kids and get them in the car and, and get them to church. And, and by the grace of God, you get into worship, but you never know that on that Sunday, that Sunday could be the one day where the Holy Spirit speaks and your life begins to change. And, and maybe God gets a hold of something in your life that, that you've been believing God for. She has a one day. And the reason that faithfulness is so important is because you never know what day is going to be a one day. So you always got to be ready. So we say like the psalmist said, this is the day the Lord has made. I didn't make today and the devil didn't make today. God made today. God allowed today to happen. This is the day the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. I, I, I refuse to have a bad attitude today because today might be my one day. And if today's my one day, I, I refuse to meet the Holy Spirit with a bad attitude. So I'm gonna rejoice today because I think today could be a miracle day. I think, I think I might go home to a different family tonight. I think I might wake up tomorrow to new opera. I don't know what phone call I'm gonna get today. I don't know. I don't know what God idea I'm gonna get today. I don't know what word is gonna jump off the pages and speak right to my situation. So, so I choose 
To believe that today is the day the Lord has made. And if God made it, God's not surprised by anything that happens in it. And I will not fear today. Because I believe that if God designed today, he designed it with me in mind. So I believe today's going to be a good day. Perfect day, maybe not, but a good day. (laughs) Zero complications, maybe not, but I believe it's going to be a one day. I believe today can be the day that God is doing something, so I will rejoice, and I will rejoice in advance because I don't need to see it to believe it. I believe it. I know I'm going to see it, and while I'm waiting to see it, I will rejoice. We never know what normal day becomes a supernatural day, and I could tell you testimony after test, and I could bore you all night talking about one days that my wife and I have experienced, but I just want to tell you this. Don't give up on one days. We don't live for miracles. We don't chase miracles, but boy, we believe in miracles. Catherine Kuhlman said, I believe in miracles because I believe in God. How could I ever separate the two? If I believe in God, I have to believe in miracles because I just look at who God is. And of of course, I have to believe in miracles because look at God. I just want to tell you. You can have a miracle. You can have a one day. One day, Elisha shows up out of the blue. And everything changes. So number four, the miracle room gets God's attention. I don't know what points one, two, or three were because (laughs) I wrote this at five o'clock. So I don't know why. So get the podcast tomorrow. The miracle room gets God's attention. I, I... Don't think about Elisha. Think about the Holy Spirit asking you this question. So what can we do for you? Oh, my God. I feel like preaching right now. I'm trying to. I'm I'm actually. (laughs) I'm trying to be calm because it's women's night and there's all the flowers. I'm like really trying. Like I feel like like preaching and I'm trying not to. I'm like really not to. No, I'm really trying not to. I'm trying to be sweet. Got the headset. Got the jacket. Can you, just, can you just imagine the Spirit of God asking you right now, so what can we do for you? Yes. Me and the Father and the Son, we've been talking. What do you need? What do you want? What do you believe in us for? How can we help you? How can we move your life forward? This is who God is, friend. Huh. What, what can we do for you? What do you want? Who can we talk to on your behalf? Need help with the king? Need help with a legal issue? Need, need, need help with this? Need help with that? What, how can we? You, you got a crazy teenager that, that, that you would like us to intervene with? You got, a, you, you got a husband who's crazy? How can we help you? Are you crazy? How can we help you? How can we help you? I love this about God. The miracle room got God's attention. And she didn't have to ask him. He asked her. I said this on Sunday, but grace always initiates. Grace always takes the first step. That's why why the Bible said, before you even ask it, God said, I already know what you're about to say. 
What can we do for you? How can I help you? What do you want? What do you need? What are you believing God for? Have you prayed about it? Are you talking to someone about it? Have you written it down? Are you standing on a promise from God? What do you want? It's time to ask again. It's time to pray again. It's time to dream again. It's time to hope again. What do you, what do you want? What, what do you need? How can I help you? And I think she did what a lot of us do. Verse 13. No. <laughs> that like, to me, that's like marriage. Like, babe, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Gonna die tonight. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Anything wrong? Nothing. Let's finish that will. This is... Can I leave to Goldie? This is it. (laughs) Need anything? No. No. How you doing? Good. (laughs) Now, now we add some Holy Ghost sauce to that in church, though, don't we? How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. God's so good. (laughs) Praise God. Oh, I hate my husband. Oh, God is so good. I just, I am so lonely. Oh. He's all I need, amen. Am I telling the truth? Maybe maybe y'all too stuck up on a Wednesday night to keep it real. There ain't no men in the room, just me. And I'm pretty, you know, I'm a musician. I'm kind of, and we, and we just cover it up. No. Need anything? No. You good? Good. Because her greatest need, she couldn't even articulate anymore. In, in this culture, being a mother was everything. It was everything. It was, it was everything. It was everything. And she can't even tell God about her everything. Because sometimes when the answer didn't come in week one or week two or month five or year three or... And it's like, how can I even talk about it anymore? And then, and then if you do talk about it, you almost feel bad about talking about it because it's like, I don't want to talk about it again and I feel bad about it, but, but then we also don't want to complain about it because we're good, faith-filled, Holy Ghost people. And so, you know, I want to be real about it, but I really kind of tired of being real about it and I kind of feel bad for being real about it because I know a lot of other people that are going through a lot worse than me, so should I even talk about this anymore and... I call it death by paper cuts. It's like I feel bad, but then I feel bad that I feel bad. But then I'm mad at myself for feeling bad because I should be more grateful. And then I, and, be, and before you, you know it, you just suppress everything. And you just say I'm good. And you're not good. 
And the prophet says, I want to help you. And God's saying, I want to help you. And, and you don't have to wear a mask right now. What can I do for you? The miracle room gets God's attention when you build a room before you can even tell God what you want. God's going, so I know, I know what you've been missing and I know. And I know you've been thinking about it and I know you don't want to say it. Her greatest need didn't even come up anymore in conversation. And many times we have the smallest amount of faith for our biggest needs. Because that need didn't get met as quickly as we thought it was going to get met. We give up. Uh, But number five, the miracle room is a prophetic room. (sighs) Because by the Holy Spirit, Elisha talks right to the need. And as she leaves the room, he calls to his servant Gehazi and says, bring her back up. Bring her back to the room. Listen, go back to the room. Has it been a while? Has it been a while? Because you're busy? Go back to the room. I'm not hating on you. You're busy. Go back to the room, though. Has it been a while since you prayed about that thing? You need to go back to the room. Has it been a while since you prayed in tongues? It's time to go back to the room. Has it been a while since you read a scripture out loud and declared it? It's time to go back to the room. Has it been a while since you prayed about your husband because you kind of just, it is what it is, and I guess it's just how it's always going to be? It's time to go back to the room. She left the room, but I want you to hear the Holy Spirit saying, come back to the room. Come back. Come back to the door. Come back. Come back. I want to have another conversation. The Holy Spirit is always calling you back to the miracle room. He's always calling you back to the war room. He's always calling you back to the prayer room. He's always calling you back to the presence room. He's always calling you back to the prophetic room. He's never pushing you out of it. He's always calling you into it. And if it's been a while, I promise he's there. And she goes back to the room. I want you to kind of picture it too. She doesn't go all the way in. She hangs at the door. Because she's that disappointed. And she's that shamed. And she's that tired. And she can't even stand in the room. So she has to just lean up on the door. And he goes... Next year, you're going to be holding a baby. It's done. And she can't even believe it. I'm, I'm doing this series on grace right now at the church, and it's like as I'm preaching on grace, people are just like, Because, you know, it's like I don't even want good news anymore. <laughs> Tell me I'm bad or something. Tell me I deserve this because this is how it's always been to you're going to have a son. Oh, man of God, don't. Don't do this to me, man of God. <sighs> and I don't know exactly what happened. But I guess her and her husband got up the nerve to act on the word. And um, <laughs> as a happy husband. <sighs> All of a sudden, things started changing. Before 
she ever saw it, she felt it. I'll never forget walking into the house and Shannon saying, I'm pregnant. And I said, no, you're not. She goes, I'm pregnant. I've never felt this way before. Can I tell you? When the Spirit of God puts a word in your soul, before you see it manifest, and before you see the bump grow, and before anybody else knows you know, because I've never felt this way before. I feel something moving. I feel something shifting. I feel something happening. I feel something going on. I'm, I'm pregnant with a promise from God because the miracle room is a prophetic room. And anytime God speaks, God said, I will never let my word return unto me void. It will always accomplish whatever I've set it out to do. Something begins to leap in her and something begins to kick in her and something comes alive in her. And a year later, she holds her baby. And we could end there. We could shout. And I could say, by this time next year, ah, you're going to have a baby. And we could leave. And it's not really a baby. You know, it's whatever you need it to be. It could be a baby if you need a baby. Well, the baby grows up. He becomes of age. And manhood began around 12 years old. So we know this baby was at least now 12 years old. And he's out working with his father. He has some kind of brain trauma. And he dies. And I just want you to see what mama does with a dead promise. just want you to see what you do with disappointment. I just want you to see what you do when life doesn't make sense. She went back to the miracle room. And I love it. Because the first time he promises her a baby, she says, oh, don't do this to me. Don't disappoint me. The second time she takes that baby boy dead, she lays him on the bed of the man of God. And she bounces. And she tells her husband, I'll be back with the prophet. Oh, I love that. Different attitude this time. Disappointed, yes, but a different spirit. Life, life not perfect, yeah, but I got a different attitude now. Still facing challenges. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you won't face the challenge. But her faith was at a different level now. And she knew what to, she, she didn't know what to do the first time, but she knew what to do the second time. She went straight up to the room, didn't hang out at the door, put the baby boy on the bed and said, I'll be right back. She went and got the prophet and said, that boy that you prophesied, yo, Elisha, he wasn't my idea. You prophesied us into this. Hey, God, 
wasn't really my idea to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and start tithing and serving. And you got me into this, God. You going to help? Yeah, just keep hanging out in the room. Uh-huh. Just, just keep hanging in the room. And she went back to the place of the prophetic word. So what do I do when I'm waiting on a promise? You keep standing on the last promise. Listen, she didn't bury the baby. He didn't die and she goes, all right, dig a hole. She laid him in a bed. She didn't lay him to rest. But she laid him down because she was at rest. So I'm not going to freak out. Because God spoke me into this moment and God's going to speak me out of this moment. So, so... So we go to 1 Timothy 1.18. So Timothy, my son or my daughters, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very, notice this, we have a responsibility. You have a responsibility of the first prophecies that were spoken over your life. And are now in the process. Everyone say, I'm in the process. Look at your neighbor say, I'm in process. All right, look at someone else say, don't judge me. I'm in process. Yeah, 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 yeah. Find one more judgmental person. Say, don't judge me. I'm in process. Now in the process of fulfillment of this great work of ministry and keeping with the prophecies spoken over you, with this encouragement, notice this, use your prophecies as weapons. She used that bed as a weapon. She used the room as a weapon. She went back and said, God, this is where you spoke this boy into existence. And I don't think he was only supposed to live for 12 years. She went back to the word. She went back to the prophecy. She went back to the promise. And we wage a spiritual warfare with that word by faith with a clean conscience. So what do I do while I'm waiting on the word? You keep standing on the word. And you keep speaking the word. And you stay at rest in the word. And you don't leave the room. You don't, leave, you don't let anything take you out of the miracle room. Because it was the miracle room that has gotten me this far. And it's the miracle room that's going to take me into everything God has for me. It was the miracle room that brought me to this level, and it's the miracle room that's going to get me to the next level. It was the miracle room that got me to this day, and it's the miracle room that's going to get me to my next one day. It was the miracle room that brought me a baby, and it was the miracle room that's going to bring me a miracle for this baby. It was, it was the miracle room that saved me, and it's the miracle room that's going to sustain me, and it's the miracle room that's going to provide for me, and it's the miracle room that I'm going to get my grace and my strategy, and it was the miracle room 
that got me into this marriage. It's the miracle room that's going to sustain this marriage. It's the miracle. I will not leave the miracle room. It's my, it's my place of... She lays the boy down. She shuts the door. Hmm. Sometimes you got to just know when to lay it down, shut the door. Say, all right, God. You got this. The prophet walks back into the house. We don't have time to read it. He walks up the stairs. There's the boy. The prophet stretches out his arms on the bed. And the prophet lays on the boy. And he commands life in the boy. And the boy is still dead, so the prophet stands. And the Bible said he paces the room. There's movement in the miracle room. There's, there's movement. In the, I feel stuck get back in the miracle room because, because the Holy Spirit's moving in the miracle room it reminds me I, I have this picture of, of, of Elisha walking back and forth in the room praying and it just reminds me of the Holy Spirit in Genesis 1 hovering over the waters there's just this presence in the room there's a moving in the room there's a stirring in the room and then Elisha lays back down on the boy and he commands life into the boy and the boy back and he came back in the miracle room my favorite part about the whole text is that she didn't throw the boy on the donkey and take him to Elisha she brought Elisha back to the room she never Let that thing, that dream, that desire, that promise, that future, that prayer, she never let it leave the room. And so I guess lastly I could say there is resurrection power in the miracle room. So we're going to believe that God's going to turn this little room that has probably um, gone past a few fire codes tonight. Uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. We're going to just ask for more grace. Uh, we're we're going to ask that this room tonight would become a miracle room. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, I don't know if it's your car, I don't know if it's your house, I don't know if it's your bedroom, I don't know if it's your bathroom, I don't know if it's your back porch, I don't know. I don't know if, yeah, if it's your closet, I don't know where you can hide from your kids, is it your attic, I don't know. <laughs> I want to ask you to, to get a room. promises back to the room 
Bring disappointment back to the room. Bring dead things back to the room. Bring, bring old prayers that you used to pray. Bring them back to the room. Bring offerings that you've sowed sacrificially and you're still waiting on a harvest. Bring those back to the room and say, hey, God, we, we gave big for this thing and we're still believing for and, and you go back to the room and bring your kids and take some pictures and bring them into the room and, 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 and get you a room again because I promise you he'll beat you there and it's in the room that I get a word and it's in the room that I get God's attention and it's in the room that I get a prophecy and it's in the room that I receive resurrection and you find a room and you shut the door and you go after God. And while you're seeking God, here's the cool thing that happens. Every time you seek God, God finds you. That wasn't just a cute little saying, it's so true. Every time you seek God, God finds you set the tone of your house and you set the tone for your children and every prayer you pray God hears it and every tear you cry God sees it and every word you are standing on God will perform it get a miracle room I want to pray for you would you stand because we're going to believe that it's starting right now Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what you need tonight. uh, But I hear the Holy Spirit saying, what can we do for you? So I'm going to ask you to tell him. And he's going to hear you tonight. And you may not be able even to say it out loud because of maybe who's around you or maybe just it's so, such a deep thing in your soul. And you, and you want to say, I'm good, I'm good. No, I'm good. But in reality, you know that thing. Maybe for some of you, it's time to take something back to God and place it back on the bed and say, God, I need resurrection power tonight. I don't, I don't know where you're at. I just know this is a miracle room. You know, God's going to answer prayer right now for the simple fact that in August, August of 2018, we, we came in here, there was no carpet yet, and we, we just wrote down prayers all over this room. And we asked for people to get saved, we asked for people to be healed, we asked for people to receive miracles. I think God's about to hear some of those prayers. I'm, I'm going to bring those prayers back to the room right now. And I'm going to say, hey, God, remember that? Remember what, I, remember what I wrote back here? Remember what you wrote, Mom? Remember what you wrote? Single lady, remember what you wrote? Remember what you wrote when you came in here? Remember what you and your husband wrote? Remember what you and your kids wrote? Remember what you wrote all by yourself, believing God? Take it back to the room. And I believe we will hear testimonies from tonight. By this time, next year. Hello, somebody. I said, by this time next year, you're going to be holding, you're going to be holding what you could not have held 
if it wasn't for the miracle room. Come on, give God a shout. I, I, by this time, next year, so we raise our hands to heaven and we place, Father, now that thing, whatever that thing is, that thing that maybe we can't even, can't even utter in public, the thing we've been believing you for for so long, that thing that we have faith for right now. It's in the front of our mind. It's, it's in the depths of our heart. And we're believing you tonight. Holy Spirit, we hear your invitation saying, what can we do for you? Well, this is what you can do for us. We don't ask this with selfish ambition. We don't ask this with vain conceit. We ask this because we can't get this outside of this room. We can only find this thing in the miracle room. So we're here saying we would, we would like this. We need this. We've been believing you for this. We're praying for this. We're asking you for this. This thing. So now Lord grant the prayers of your people. grant the desire of their heart. Answer their prayer, O oh God. And may the testimony of City Light Church be that in one year we would look back from tonight and say, I conceived of a miracle. And now I'm holding the promise in my hand that is our prayer that is our prayer that is our prayer in the name of Jesus and everyone said amen and amen and amen come on if you believe God heard you tonight we thank God in advance for it come on I don't feel the same anymore I, I feel something different in my spirit I've never felt this way before. I've never felt this way before.